You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick. <laughs> I'm a 30-minute pooper. Something stinks. And Maddie Rose. You also have like 40 pounds of fat on your body, sure. right, Michael? Yeah, yeah sure. something like that? No, yeah. not mm. at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah, sure he does. <laughs> on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour two. The Big Show, Russell and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement System. Downtown studio, the bottom of the hour. Um, it's fun to talk to Coach when it's a uh, playoff week. Calgary Stampeders. Playoff Dave. Yeah. Very coy. It does not like to give a lot of information all playoff week. Well, I good. certainly enjoy it. I've learned over the years, like, don't even bother asking about injury guys. You know, the league has mandated injury reports. Those are probably the best way to go about it because it's not going to tell you a whole lot. Is it on a PDF sheet, like their stats? <laughs> no, it's actually on a, no, it's, a nice website. They actually, should do it. It's oh. actually pretty, pretty, pretty well it, done. But okay. It's a website element. Very clever. That's good. I looked at a lot of those PDFs this year, George. Yeah, PDF stats. A lot of scrolling oh. through. A lot of control F. Yeah. Looking for players. Yeah, those are tough. Um, we'll talk to him at 730. Uh, we'll wrap up the hour with... Um, Probably the best way to approach an earthquake. <laughs> yeah, you've been teasing this. Where was the earthquake? Uh, well, you got to listen. I'm not going to give you any more details. I details. just wanted like a couple of tips. Um, and one. Colin Patterson, Stanley mm-hmm. Cup champion on the 89 team. Did you know he was on the 89 team? Yes. Hey, did you? were you guys aware that the Flames won the Stanley Cup in 1989? I've actually heard that. I think yeah. I've heard Have they ever talked about that in this Can city? we confirm that, though? I have seen, uh, I've seen Lanny score that goal against Montreal a million times. How many times? Uh, like, how sick are you? Like, are Flames fans that weren't around? They're like, please win a championship for me so I can actually experience that. I'm tired of my dad telling me about the 89 team. Well, there's so many teams like that around. Yeah, like the, the 93 Blue Jays. Yeah. Like, all right, how about you win me a world championship? Mm-hmm. Instead of just watching Joe Carter cowboys around the, like there's a, there's a whole yeah, the triplets in the nineties. Yeah, there's a whole slew of Cowboys fans that have never seen a, wor- a world championship, let alone get to an NFC championship. Yeah, where's my Stanley Cup team? Four years before I got here, so yeah, that's pretty much exactly how I feel. Yeah, that's what I mean. Disappointing. Where's my cup? Even two thousand four, you're like, oh man, twenty years ago. Holy smokes! Yeah, oh yeah, twentieth anniversary of that team. Sweet. Great. Cool. Whew. 20 years. Yeah. The last time you've been that, that far in the playoffs. 20 yeah. years. How about video replay, though? <laughs> My goodness. Come a long way. Yeah. Um, And we'll play Impossible Flames Trivia at 8.30. Your chance to win a $50 gift card from our good friends at VK Bruco and some swag. Uh, it's the holiday season. You should go check them out. They have delicious and tasty foods. Um. We've been asking you uh, on the text line, 960, 960, name and location. Give us your top six involving Kadri and Huberto for tonight's game. What would you do if you were head coach of the Calgary Flames? How would you put these lines together? Because as it stands right now, pretty much nothing's working. Mm-mm. Nothing. Zero. Like, yeah. Backlund and Coleman are always good together, and at least they give you some good shifts. But it's not like they've been dominating. Out on the ice either. Nobody's been dominating for this team. Well, Nobody's generating quality scoring chances. Backlund line had the McDavid assignment last game. Tough. So it's a tough gig, but you know what? I agree. All right. Uh let's get to some of these. Uh, sure. Here's from uh Jeremy in Crossfield, one of our uh <laughs> one of our hardcores. Uh Majapani, Backlund, Coronado, uh Sharon Govich, Lindholm, Zeri. Majapani, Backlund. Mm-hmm. 
So Huberto has been moved down the lineup. Yeah, he's not listening to what I said. I need Huberto and uh, Kadri. In the top six. In the top six. Okay. Jeremy did neither. There's no Kadri. There's no <laughs> Huberto. <laughs> okay. So that's one example that does not fit the criteria. Okay. Give me yeah. another one. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, okay. he didn't want that. Example one does not work. Okay. Example two. Um, here we go. Uh, Jeremy and Cochran. This is what the line should be tonight. Pelche, Zeri, Matthew Phillips. Okay, well, okay. Uh, Zohorna, Ben Jones, uh, Mitch okay. McLean. Well, that's just last year's Wranglers. This Brett so Sutter, nice. Clark Bishop, Walker Dewar. Guys. All right. That's not an option. <laughs> <laughs> there are multiple, Brett Sutter multiple of those players play in the Eastern Conference in the NHL now. Well, yeah. I think the NHL. Um, Danny and Calgary, and uh, the Flames are bad so and do work. not have a goal score. Hard to win when nobody can score. So what what are the lines there then? Yeah, uh, oh, okay. no, so can't even make so lines. That one doesn't work. Okay, no. do you have the fourth example, maybe George? Uh, here's can... one for you. Okay, sure. Uh, Huberto, Lindholm, and Dewar. Okay, there we go. Zari, Kadri, and Hunt, and Dewar, and then Zari, Kadri, and Dryden Hunt. Yeah. Dryden Hunt's getting a lot of runway here, hey, with the yeah, top six. I, I don't get it, but yeah, <laughs> he works hard, I guess. Yeah, it's great. Uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's yeah i'm excited to see zari and Kadri together um i think that that's yeah. something could work especially zari with a little bit more of that young energy coming in here i'm, I'm excited to see if he can get Kadri involved but um we've said that about a lot of young players playing around Kadri, and it hasn't necessarily worked we'll see if this can be one of the ones that work there, but you know, it gets Dewar higher up the lineup. I, I think he's been fine this season. He hasn't necessarily popped for me. He's been relatively quiet for a few games here. And yeah, like we've talked about Dryden Hunt, you know, started the year as the 13th guy, but um, just given injuries and what this team has available right now, he's getting a little bit of extra looks here. And um, I don't know if that's exactly where I'd go. I'd probably go with a Manjapani or a Dubé there rather than a Dryden Hunt, but I don't hate that suggestion. Uh, here's Kyle in Calgary. Okay. Uh, Huberto, Zari, Manjapani. Huberto, Zari, Manjapani. Okay, Zari hasn't been playing very much center this year, but that's okay. And then Kadri, Lindholm, Coronado. 91, 28, and 27. Yeah, like the one thing here is that Connor Zari has not been playing center this year. At the back half of camp, they moved him over to the wing in the AHL. They moved him over to the wing. So I don't know if, hey, come up to the NHL and let's immediately have you play top six center with uh, two of our bigger name players that need to score. I don't know if that's necessarily going to work. But I also don't hate the idea of Zari and Huberto playing on a line together because I still think you have to try anybody with Huberto at this point. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I also have no problem with moving Kadri off to a wing. I think he probably fits a little bit more on the right side. The thing is, I would love to have a little bit more of a distributor in the middle of that line rather than Lindholm, who can shoot the puck as well. But to play with 91 and 27 on either wings, both those guys are shoot-first mentality players. So I don't know if you're going to have enough distribution on that line, but I don't hate the organization of it. Um, Dustin, uh, if I were the coach, I would hand the marker to Huberto and say, uh, you fill out the lineup and then pull your head out of you know where. Same thing for Nas. It, it, like, I don't know if you ever do that fully. Yeah. But you have to assume that at some point they've gone to them and said, okay, like, what? Here are your options. 
There's a buffet of choices here. No, I, I can't get you, you know, Connor McDavid. And, and no, I, I can't go get you Alexander Barkov or Anthony Duclair. Mm-hmm. But what I can interest you in is this selection of Lindholm, Mangiapane, Dubé, Sharon Govich, Kadri, Coleman, Backlid. You can't have any of them. Pick your poison. Yeah. Whatever you want. I assume that there's been some sort of a conversation like that, but I don't know if any coach ever gives full autonomy to their players. I think that you're giving up a little bit too much of your responsibility and all of a sudden you got the inmates running the asylum. Um, You ready for mine? Yeah, go ahead. I got mine. Patrick, you ready for mine? Yes. Okay, here's my lines. Okay. Here's my top six going into tonight. All right. GR, let's hear it. Huberto, Backlund, Coronado. Okay. Then give me Kadri, Lindholm, Majapani. No Connor Zari. No. Zari stays a little bit further down. We've still got Dylan Dubé that needs a home. Coleman, Sharon Govich, Greer. Zari. Yeah. Hunt. Okay. Yeah, I'm seeing this. Yeah, this is coming together now. Okay. Here's the thing with Backlund. Um, obviously, the, the play with Coleman is something that always stands out, but I do think that Backlund is one of those guys that you can elevate to certain roles when you need him to. And I'm not very worried about Blake Coleman playing with other people. It's not like, oh, he has to be with Michael Backlund for him to be an impactful player. No, he's going to go out there. He's going to eat up 13 to 14 minutes of ice time. He's going to have a couple of shots. He's going to have a couple of hits. And he's probably going to be pretty stout defensively as far as getting the puck out of the zone when it needs to get out of the zone. So I'm not too worried about him going down and playing online with maybe a Connor Zary or a Dubé or a Dryden Hunt, something along the lines of that. Also, Coronado on the other side. You've really wanted to see Huberto and Coronado play a little bit more extended time together. I think Coronado, the last little bit, has started to look a little bit more comfortable in the NHL again. Looks like things are maybe slowing down for him. So I could see going to a little bit of a partnership and trying out a Huberto-Coronado tandem there a little bit more lately. Um, And then Lindholm with Kadri and Mangiapane. Like I've talked about, I don't mind Kadri going up and trying to play a little bit of wing here and maybe not being the guy that stirs the drink on a line Mm. and someone that you can kind of defer to is a little bit more of a shooter. Um, But then again, he hasn't played very much wing in recent years. It'd be a little bit of adjustment for him, but I always think that the adjustment from center to the wing is easier than going from wing to center. Um, Got this from uh, Big Mike. Morning, gents, at this point, uh, does the top six matter? Kadri and Huberto can eat popcorn, start Markstrom at center between Dewar and Gilbert, blow it up, stop. There's no way they're scratching Kadri and Huberto. You can't do that. Like, that's not even Ryan Huska's call, I don't think. As bad as they've been, like, they're still the most talented players on the team. No, I no, I get it, but, but you, you can't, can't scratch them. But you can't scratch those guys. No, the optics they would have of scratching $17.5 million, million. And as well, bad as Huberto has yeah. been, he's still third on the team in scoring. Like, that's just where the production has with the, with this team. Right. It's been brutal. Like, you can't, you can't sit those guys. You just can't. No, it would have to get to the point where it's like egregious errors that lead to multiple goals and bad penalties in a game. Like you literally have to see a guy quit on the ice before you have, before you can throw him up in the press box. And I don't think it's gotten to that point. When when do you see guys like that scratched? Like John Cooper sat Kucherov and Stamkos in point what for one period last season? JT Miller got scratched for a period yesterday. And then he went out in the third period, scored a okay, goal. Okay, but I'm saying a game where they're a healthy scratch in the press box. Typically, it's not it just doesn't happen in the NHL. No, typically it is 
like you missed a practice or you missed a meeting sure. or something like that that you get scratched And also for. the salary cap. I don't think they can afford to have those guys scratched because how do you fit other guys under the cap to play in that game? Yeah, you to you would have to call people up. And, like, this is a Flames team that right yeah, now is running right That's a pointless right exercise. There's no way those guys are getting scratched unless you're right, Matt, unless it's disciplinary or things are so off the rails that I, I just don't see it happening. And again, that would be a move that would have to come from upper management. You got to sit these guys for a game. Okay, great. How's this going to be played out? How's this going to look? Like right now, they do have 14 forwards on the roster, but that also takes into account that Adam Brasichka is day-to-day with the the upper body injury still. You you definitely couldn't scratch them both at the same time, but you could probably scratch Uh, one of them if you really wanted to, but I I just don't think it's gotten to that that point uh, yet. Here's one from uh, Kevin in Calgary. Uh, Left wing Huberto, center backland, uh, right wing Sharangovich, and then the second line, Kadri on the wing, Lindholm, uh, and Zeri. Yeah, and so the biggest changes there are that you've got Coronado back down in the bottom six. From your lines, I mean. Sharon Govich replacing him on the top line there. Yep. So Sharon Govich getting a little bit more of a look, although I haven't loved him the last couple of games here. And then Connor Zary getting a little bit more time. Listen, I think that if you're going to call Connor Zary up, he's had 10 points in six games down with the AHL team. I've always felt like he's more of a scorer than a passer, but you look at his line, he's got one goal and nine assists. Mm-hmm. Could that be something that works with a Lindholm, with a Kadri, a couple of guys who are both right-handed shots? I could see them trying that for sure. Uh, I, I, th- I think they should give Zaria a little bit of a chance to here to show that he can produce. Put him with some solid players. Put him with some good players and try and get the good players going with some of the youth here. Uh, Lee and Vic Park, uh, Huberto, Lindholm, Coronado, uh, Zeri, Kadri, Coleman. There you go. Huberto, Lindholm, Coronado, Zeri, Kadri, Coleman. That allows you to go with like a uh, Manchapani, Dubé, Lindholm third line, which I've got no, no problem with. No, Manchapani, Backlund, Sharangovich third line. Okay, yeah, sure. That too. And then Career, Dubé, Doer. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I, I think that, that lines up pretty well. Like I said, I'd, I'd like to see Zari get a little bit more look with an offensive group. Yep. I, I don't know if Coleman fits in there necessarily. Like, I could see Coleman going down. Andrew Mangiapane, I think, would be a little bit more of a fit there for the offense and getting after the forecheck and that type of thing. But um, that's another one, too, that, like, Zari, up in the top six, please, yeah, more of that. That would work for me. Um, John from Dover. So why can't you scratch them? Sure would send a message, wouldn't it? Uh, John, this is professional sports. You're not scratching a kid in minor hockey, you know, to show the teammates that everyone's got to play. Like, it just doesn't work that way. Like, you scratch Kadri and, and Huberto, they'll just laugh. Like, okay, yeah, you're going to scratch us? Fine. Uh, we're clearly, like, you know, the elite players on this team, although not playing like elite players. But you just can't do that. Like, it just, again, show me the example of guys like that getting scratched at this point of their careers. No, it, it doesn't. But that's what I mean. Like, show me the example. No, you get sat down in, in a period in, in game sure. for a frame, which or is two fine. Frames that usually like, happens. But. Again, John Cooper did it last season, and it made a lot of news, and they bounced back. But to scratch them like outright and not even play healthy scratch and say they're healthy scratches, sure you can maybe have some sort of injury, 
Like maybe, you know, a, a phantom injury so they can sit down for a game. Okay. But just a flat out healthy scratch just doesn't happen in today's NHL like that. Mm, no, it, it, it never does. Um, they're, they're, they make too much money, honestly. And they like, like GVP said, these are guys that still are leading the way as far as point producing for your team. Like, like if we scratch these guys, we're going to get killed. Like no one, no one else is producing on this team. Like you, you want to have a first line of like, like, you know, the guys that haven't proven themselves at all in the NHL yet, or guys yeah. who've been given opportunity year in and year out guys like Dubé that have never really taken the reins of a top six role. Like that, that's, you'd be putting out a lineup that would be yeah. more similar to a bottom feeder lottery team than anyone else in this. Like everyone in this fan base wants to be competitive still. If you're scratching these guys, you're going to get killed. Simple yeah. as that. Um, uh, we got a text here. Um, nobody's talking about how invisible Dubé has been. Again, um, uh, this isn't, this isn't, I'm not going to, I'm not here to crush Dylan Dubé. To me, he's just a guy. He's just a top nine guy. You can skate and maybe chip in some goals. Like Dylan Dubé's not a, He's paid $2.3 million. Right. Like He's a serviceable NHL player. He's a great who, bottom six guy who tries really hard. That's and he right. can be your and third he's PK guy. Shape and, yeah, he's in great yeah. shape. And he plays you through injuries. If you need injuries, Dylan Dubé to carry your team, you got problems. And he's good for like a random burst of like three games where he gets six goals. And they're all as he burns down the wing. Yeah. But that's that's what he is. Yeah. This isn't a guy who's going to be getting $7 million with this RFA contract at the end of the season. This is Dylan Dubé. He's 25 years old. Goes Listen, out. It's, he tries. He pl- he's probably best suited for a bottom six role in the NHL. Like, we're we're all about uh, everyone's just uh, criticizing uh, Hubert Owen Codry, and, and deservedly so. But honestly, too, like... Sharon Govich is a guy they need a lot more from, too. I, I know you're rolling your eyes, but that was a guy that, oh, you know, they st- where did he start in camp on the number one line? And he's just slowly worked his way down the lineup to be a fourth-line player. They made that trade with the expectation that this guy would not be a fourth-line player. What did we hear about uh, him in the camp? Oh, he's got a great shot. Big guy with a great shot. Well, we haven't really seen much of that this season, have we? Good speed, you know, uh, can play all three positions. Those were right. a couple of versatility other things. Versatility was a big thing for him. We've but seen again, versatility. He's played up and down the lineup and across every <laughs> single position. But nobody wanted him to play on the fourth line. No. But once again, this is a guy who's making $3.1 million, and it feels like we were maybe a little over our skis as far as what we expected from this guy coming back. And maybe it was a little bit of a... I don't know. I, I don't want to call it a. I don't think it's a straight miss on what they were thinking he could be because, yeah. like, you see flashes. Like, that shot, he scored a goal against what was it, the Penguins? No, the Red Wings. The goal he scored, yeah. where he just came across the blue line, ripped it under the bar. You're like, oh, wow, unbelievable. Why doesn't he just do that more often? Well, because that's why he was a healthy scratch for the Devils. Because some guys have some skill, but they just can't put it all together at the time that. They need to put it all together. And you got them for two more years at 3.1. Another thing where you're like, well, just see what he is. He's probably more of a bottom six guy once again. Probably what he's suited for. But it's been a bit of a disappointment. Like You get $5.4 million between those two guys. I don't think they're the biggest problem of this team. But yeah, you'd like a little bit more. But you'd like a little bit more from... Almost everybody on this roster at this point, minus Jacob Markstrom, 
I think he's the only guy you can say he's come back and been a significantly improved player from last season. Yeah. Apart from that, who has significantly improved from last season? That's a good question. Who is better than last season right now? Is Matt Coronado? Well, he played one game. Yeah, I know. I'm reaching here. But, but, but that's a great question. Like, Are you a little hopeful about Andrew Majapani? Like, I'm, like he's not going to get the 35 no. goals this season. Okay, but hold he's, on. Here, here's like he's my, been here's my than take season, on right? Andrew Majapani. Yeah. He's Again, the same as Dubé. Good player. That's right. He's yeah. just a little better than Dubé. Like when we were coming into this season, there's so many question marks around like, this team. Like yeah. we're saying, Huberto needs to be an 80 point guy. Majapani needs to score 35 again. Coronado needs to have an excellent rookie season. None of that's happening. Exactly. Exactly. So far, nothing. Nothing throughout these first nine games have shown me that anything else is going to happen. Like at this the, is kind of what we are right now. At this point, is Huberto going to beat his total from last season? I don't know, man. And we said it's 80 points minimum, right? Heading into the season, yeah, has to be yeah, a ten point million game. Bucks. Yeah, ten million dollars. Like, what? Do we... He's got to be a point of game player, and he's certainly not on that. Li- he's certainly not on that pace right now. But he's been one of their better offensive players, I guess. But even the points he has, you're like, well, okay, the shot from the boards that went off the goalie and in against Devin Levi and the Sabres. Like, okay, he gets the empty netter assist when he hits it off the post. And then Manjapani, okay, that's a point. He's made one great play, the, the Lindholm winner behind yes. the net yep. that went to Manjapani. And honestly, like... He just sat on the boards and made and one threw pass. it down. So it was, and he, he yeah, didn't win. He didn't the one who made the, a great pass. He didn't win the, the battle. It was Manjapani making like Jay Fresh on Twitter had uh, something from 18 months ago yesterday. It was one of Jonathan Huberdeau's best games as a Florida Panther. It was a come from behind win. Uh, I want to say against the Vancouver Canucks, maybe. And he had five points in it, a couple goals, three assists. And I went and it's it's a video of just all of his puck touches. And it's a lot that's actually pretty similar to what he's doing here. Mm-hmm. You look at it and you go, oh, well, that's not a great, okay, well, that's a, a shot into legs again. And it he, he just looks like a guy who's helping other players produce what you want. But you want him to do it a lot more than we're seeing here. And... I don't know. I don't know where you go with this player. Because he's paid too much. He's like I don't know what he's what a fair value would be for what he brings to the table right now, but it's tough. Like I'm sure it weighs on him too. Cuz he probably felt like he was a 10 and a half million dollar leave in Florida. In the Hart Trophy conversation, everyone's hyping him up. Yep. Wants to be in Florida for the rest of his career. Lock on Team Canada. <laughs> Certainly not making Team Canada right now. No. So. Um, keep those lines rolling in. We'll do more of them in 830. Who's your top six? We're reaching here. I know. We're reaching. Please something. Uh, what? So then, you know, we're, we're down on the team. Nobody's scoring, what, seven goals setting against the Stars? 7-2 win tonight? I I don't want to go down that right. road. Okay. I don't want to do that. All right. Um, so from the negativity that's been the Calgary Flames season thus far to the uh, Stampeders, hey, got a playoff game this yes, weekend. Yes, sir. M- maybe they can. Maybe they can win. 
I, I actually do believe that they can win. Oh, okay. I actually firmly believe they can win. Uh, it's way more fun to talk to Dave Dickinson on the eve of a playoff game. Uh, it's way up? more fun knowing that they are just in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, phew. Um, we will talk to uh, the head coach and GM of the uh, Calgary Stampeders straight ahead, Dave Dickinson. Um, we'll talk about what you should do during an earthquake. And uh, Colin Patterson. Hey, did you know he was on the 89 Cup winning team? He'll join us in studio at 8 o'clock. It's all straight ahead. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. We'll wrap up the hour with what you should do in case of an earthquake. And at the top of the hour, Stanley Cup champion Colin Patterson in studio. We'll talk some flames. He's got a charity event. He wants to discuss with you, and at 8.30, your chance to win a $50 gift card from VK Bruco and some swag mm. as we play Impossible Flames Trivia. But right now on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, he is the head coach and general manager of your Calgary Stampeders ahead of their playoff game in BC against the Lions on Saturday afternoon. We say good morning to Dave Dickinson. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm good, guys. How are you guys doing? Good. You still get the butterflies in the week of the playoffs? I mean, you do it before the game, but you're working hard and you're trying to find little small things that maybe can help you put you over the top. So for me, too, it's uh, how, do, how do I keep our guys as locked in as possible? We've been an up-and-down team, so just trying to find the right mix on uh, how to motivate them but keep them, uh, keep them confident as well so we go in there and hopefully play our best game. Uh, Dave, I'm not asking you to release any secrets in any way, shape, or form. Oh, but what if but, you did? But no, well, oh, okay. it, are, is there something that you've had holstered the entire season that you're ready to unleash in this playoff game? <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest, uh, we always change, but uh, it's not like we had games that didn't matter. We were we were struggling down the stretch, so we had to we had to shoot a lot of our bullets uh, to get into the playoffs and mm-hmm. see if they'd work. So, uh, and it'd be kind of at this point of the year, everyone knows what everyone's going to do. I know, like last year in the in the same game, BC had the bye week before. And they were able to kind of um, have a couple trick plays against us. We don't know if they're going to use them or call them, but most teams that have trick plays have worked on them for multiple weeks, and they're just waiting for a time that's right to call them. And we certainly have some of those still in our in, in our uh, playbook as well. We'll just see if it's the right time to call them. Um, how much do you study that game where you guys obviously won that must-win uh, in BC to beat the Lions to get into the playoffs. How much of that game plan do you use? Do you institute? How much is that game just giving you confidence heading into Saturday's showdown? Well, I mean, as coaches, it really doesn't matter. It's just uh, we we look at it for sure. Um, you know, you never know how. You know, every week's its own game. It really is. Like so, the previous time we went there, it's probably our worst performance. They they really had their way with us. I think it was thirty-seven nine. We go back there and we win forty-one sixteen. Neither game was as lopsided as the final score. I think uh, both teams know that uh, the other team could beat them. Uh, for us, it's why did we win? What mindset did we show up with? And and certainly uh, uh, take away some of the positives from that last game and hopefully replicate it. Coach, you mentioned everyone knows what everyone's going to do at this season. What are you expecting to see from the BC Lions in this playoff game? Well, I mean, they've they've got a great pass rush. Um, they've got uh, a lot of speed on defense, I believe as good or better cover guys than anybody in the league. Offensively, they've got size and speed. Uh, quarterback, when he's sharp, is making some of the best throws. Uh, and then special teams are returner. Uh, they've got a lot of size, first off, cover teams. But the returner is 100% uh, 
just has a ton of courage. He just runs right into people and runs through people and never stops. So they've got a complete team. They've got one of the best teams in the league. It's just, uh, in our opinion, we can still beat them, and we're going to go out there and try to do that. Tell me a little bit about the keys here for your defense and, and what you want to see from your defensive line, especially Vernon Adams Jr., not on the injury report to start the week. So maybe expecting a little bit more of a mobile quarterback than what you saw from him in the last regular season meeting. Oh, I think he was fine then too. So, um, listen, it's everyone's banged up a little bit. There's no doubt about it. But uh, he he's had a great year. He'll be ready for us, and uh, you know, we know it's going to be a heavy competition. He's going to make his plays. There's no doubt about it. But hopefully, we can uh, force him into some mistakes as well. Do you like that your offense is a lot more balanced than what BC is? You like being able to kind of attack via the run game or via the pass game? Well, I mean, sometimes uh, balance is great as, as long as you have the lead, too. But uh, sometimes when you don't have the lead, it gets a little tougher because you just bleed the clock, bleed the clock, bleed, bleed the clock. So uh, for us, we just want to try to make some big plays as well as uh, control the line of scrimmage. So those are kind of together. Even though the run game is control the line of scrimmage and all that, it's also can we hold up on our pass plays to, to try to see if we can get the ball down the field. So uh, the team that wins will have an advantage at the line of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively. You've told us in the past, do you like going to BC late in the season because you get to play indoors when the weather's not so great? Um, what advantage do you have going into the indoor facility here? I know you guys have been practicing outside this week already, but is there an advantage to going indoors here? Well, we're going to stay outside unless it gets a little nastier than this to us. It was fine. Uh, in fact, I think we like practicing on our home field and kind of have our locker rooms there and our, you know, if you forget something, you just run in and grab it or, you know, we have bathroom facilities, all sorts of things I think are still positive and the weather's not bad at all. The advantage, you know, I played in BC is that as there's really, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a fun field to play at. It's got good atmosphere. Uh, it's got, you know, uh, to me, uh, you don't ever look at the wind or you don't ever look at the rain. It doesn't matter. You know for a fact you're going to get good conditions and then uh, may the best team win. So obviously enjoyed that when I played too, and uh, I like it as a coach. Uh, Dave, t- uh, tell me how about uh, Jake Mayer. He played his first playoff game last year against BC. Obviously didn't go uh, very well, but then this year he's got another opportunity to go into BC plays, try and get your guys a win, help out the team. Like, what, what, how's his motivation heading into this week, going again to a chance to beat BC? Um, like the motivation really is just for us to, to uh, maybe change the rhetoric on our season. It's not really about one team or one player. It's about we've had a rougher year. A year that uh, we all felt would go a different way, but we still have a chance to, to ultimately find a way to win a few games and get ourselves into, in, into a chance to win a championship. So it's right there. I mean, really, if I, the way I was talking to the guys, you know, you want to work one week, two weeks, three weeks. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's, the, that's the max. I mean, you should really be focused on kind of giving everything you've got this week. And then if you do that and, and somebody beats you, then so be it. But you don't want any regrets. You just want to make sure you've done what you need to do. Mm-hmm. You want to lay it on the line, and you hopefully um, you come out on top. Coach, what was the message to Jake Mayer after that playoff loss to BC last season? Because he gets the start. Bo Levi Mitchell finished the game for your group. It's an unfortunate loss, and you have to go into the offseason with it. But your team had made the commitment to Jake Mayer. So I'm wondering what the message was after that playoff loss, and maybe on top of that, where you've seen the most growth from him in the year since. Well, I mean, I got to remember back. I mean, we were all disappointed. Uh, you know, we felt like we uh, 
all of us didn't play our best game or coach our best game. I looked back and I watched it. It wasn't like we were horrible, but it was everything we could do to, that could go wrong did. We we jumped offside on an obvious third and four or five that they weren't going to go for. Uh, we had an, a short yardage play that was could have maybe scored, but one of our guys um, completely missed a block. Um, he's in the NFL now, uh, so it's not like it wasn't one of our best players. Uh, you know, and then we we just kind of got in our way. We had some substitution problems. We had a fake on third and one that. The guy could have thrown it to either guy for a touchdown because we were playing not not sound football, aggressive football, and I kind of panicked football. So to me, it's about okay, use that experience uh, and use your now that you, you've had that and you put it in your basically in, in the your bag and, and decide that hey, I know what it's all about. Now I just got to do what I need to do and hopefully come out with a win. Dave, I, I, you need to go back into the the, the old uh, time machine here. But back in 2000, it was your last game as a Stampeders quarterback before you head out uh, to the NFL. You guys were 12 and five, hosting the West Final against the under 500 BC Lions team. And you know BC came into McMahon, beat them, and they eventually go on to win the Grey Cup. Is there any sort of like you pull from from the past, like hey, an under 500 team can can go into a a tough barn and beat a good team? Do you do you? you kind of share memories of that 2000 game and does any of it sort of apply to, to nowadays? I think history has a way of repeating itself. I think that's why we study it. Right. Um, but you know, you never know 2001, I wasn't here, but the stamps were like eight and 10 as well. And they won a great cup that game, like anything else, uh, you know, they, they came in and got after us early and I got knocked out in that 2000 game, uh, fairly early. Uh, with a knee injury. Mm-hmm. So you just what you do is you understand in professional sports, any team can beat the other team, especially if you don't come in with the right mindset. And also, you you know, you don't know which plays are going to matter, but usually it's two or three plays. It really is. You don't know which plays those are going to be. So, um, you know, like try to focus in. And, and just to me, just do your job. Just find a way to lock in and do your job. And we understand in our business you're one-twelfth of what is important. Uh, make sure you're a strong one, Toto. Make sure you're there and supporting the guys and you're ready to play. Coach, no, we're not going to get too many details as far as injuries go, but you like the health of your roster going into this playoff game? Well, we're getting somewhat better. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're, we're struggling a little on the back end, uh, so we're, we're working that out. Um, you know, we, we haven't really got any of our six-game guys back. We're not going to, but we knew that. So it isn't really about that. It's that... Uh, the guys that are playing that are working, uh, you know, we don't have a ton of depth. We have to make sure that we're smart this week in practice. Uh, can't really lose anyone in practice. We just don't have enough guys that have uh, experience backing guys up. But it's playoff time. Everybody's banged up. Everybody's ready to go. And uh, like you said, is it one, two, or three weeks? We know what it could be, and we want to keep working. Um, wanted to ask you about this too, um, Dave. I know, I know you're you're concentrating on what you guys are doing, but out east. Apparently, uh, the Ticats are going to be using a two-quarterback system in their East Semi against Montreal. As a guy who played the quarterback position, how tough would that be to prep for a game that I don't really know how many snaps I'm going to be playing? Oh, I mean, I'm sure they're trying to communicate what they need to to those guys, but um, you should you should go in with the idea you're going to play a whole game anyway if you're if you're a pro because things can happen anyway, even if you're the backup. So I won't have to play. It could be the first, second, third play. So, um, you know, why they're doing it is probably uh, they put a little doubt in the other team. I'm sure they have a plan of what they want to call with each guy. And uh, as long as the quarterbacks are on board and feel like, uh, 
you know, sometimes you press a little bit when you think you, if you play poorly, you're out. That's where I've always been with quarterbacks is if you don't give them a confidence that they have the right to make a mistake, uh, I don't think you get the best out of your quarterbacks. I want them to think that, yeah, you can make a mistake like everyone else and you have time to atone for that mistake and get yourself back on track. And, and that's why I've always handled it the way I do. Dave Dickinson is the head coach and general manager of the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, Dave, best of luck. Hopefully uh, hopefully we're talking next week ahead of the uh, West Final. Thanks for this. Good luck this Saturday. Okay, guys. All the best. Take care. There he is on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Um, you know how I love me some hot CFL talk. Yeah. But um, Stamps obviously better than a puncher's chance in BC this weekend against the Lions. And then why couldn't they beat the, the Bombers in Winnipeg? That's a little bit of a different beast for sure, especially the way that Winnipeg is able to run the ball, run the ball, and expecting colder weather and being outdoors in Winnipeg. Like if you get there, okay, you're gonna have to. That's a taller task to get over. But this BC Lions game, especially knowing what the Stamps did previously, um, the most recent victory against the Lions, that that bodes well. There's a couple of numbers that really stand out to me as well. The Stampeders at a plus nine turnover differential at the end of the season, and that being a sub 500 team, the Lions were minus 12. Mm. Um, they are a team that is high risk, high reward in that sense. They throw the ball a lot, and when Vernon Adams Jr. isn't feeling great, he tends to miss his targets. So you have some opportunities to turn the ball over and more opportunities for this offense to put the ball in the end zone. That's good. You also can't lose your poise. You need to be much more disciplined than the Lions team. These are two things that both went well for the Stampeders in that victory against the Lions. And if you can win both those battles, I really like your opportunity because I think the offensive line can hold up. I think the receivers are good enough. I think the run game can be dominant if they can get to it early on. I really like this defense. It's got three or four really big playmakers on it. I think they've got more than a puncher's chance against the Lions this weekend. Well, the reason why I bring up that game uh, potentially, and you don't want to look past the Lions, is... uh, Stamps have some big wins on the season, namely against the Argos, the best team in the Canadian Football League. Like, they're capable of doing these types of things. Well, and that's one of the things, too, where people, you know, you bring up the Argos win and everyone immediately says, well, Chad Kelly barely played. Well, true. Vernon Adams could go down in the first quarter of this game. They got a really it's good football. roster around Chad Kelly, too. Like, that's a good team. They, they won 16 games this year, and yeah, and Chad and Kelly helps. But They also won games when Chad Kelly didn't exactly. start yeah. late in the season. So. Listen, that's that's a very good team. You've got a good opportunity to go out and beat them, but like they don't, they don't. The players don't care about who the heck they're playing across, like who the names. They just say that's a really good team. Yeah, that's a good motivation. And what's the skill set I have to be prepared exactly. for? Exactly. And what is the playbook that I'm trying to be prepared for? Um, does Saturday's game uh, and Jake Mayer's performance will have that? Will that have any bearing on his future with the team? It's hard to say. You know, John Hodge was on with the afternoon guys uh, yesterday. Sportsnet today from Three Down Nation, that's John Hodge. And he was talking about, he was asked that particular question about Jake Mayer. And he brings up a great point. Like Jake Mayer has a partially guaranteed contract. The Stampeders owe him $100,000 for next season, half of his contract for next year. Half might not be right, but the number is just over $100,000. You don't get a lot of guaranteed contracts in the CFL. And he has one of them. Taylor Cornelius up in Edmonton had another. Mm. Both of those players did not have outstanding seasons. Mayer was significantly better than Cornelius, who got benched for Trey Ford, but 
That all being said, I do think that this is something that the Stampeders have for at least another year to try and figure out. Do they look elsewhere for more competition behind Jake Mayer compared to just a couple of young players getting their first taste of CFL action? Yeah, I think I could definitely see them doing that. I also think Tommy Stevens returns because he's one of the more elite quarterbacks in short yardage. But I think Jake Mayer's back next year just given the contract he has. But I wonder if they do try and get a little bit more veteran challenging around him to try and just move the offense forward a little bit be- a little bit more at the quarterback position. Um, Saturday should be fun, 430. Really I think I'm going to watch it. I'm yeah. going to be tuned in. I do like how they move these uh, the, the semis and finals to Saturday. Yeah, they did this back in 2008. It didn't last. It was yeah. like it was the first year of TSN's deal with the CFL, and uh, that was the like, where they controlled every game. And they they just went away from it, went back to Sunday. But I'm glad that the semi and the final can get separated from the NFL there yeah. on Sundays. And it's a good obviously idea. the Great Cup could stay on Sunday at the, of it's course 4:40. You could tie cats Alouettes at one o'clock. Stamps Lions 4:30. World Series maybe Game Seven probably not probably uh, not 6:03. Yep. Flames Kraken will be at eight o'clock that night, so that'll right. be right after the Stamps game is done. Mm-hmm. It's actually a really good slate of hockey on Saturday too. You got the Predators and Oilers during well, the so. day. Um, but, but, but what else here? Lightning Senators will be a good game. Sabers Maple Leafs that's always a doozy. That one will be in Toronto. Kings Flyers a little bit of an old cross conference rivalry game. Yep. Should be good. Stars Canucks. Does that tickle your fancy? Avalanche Golden Knights. Okay, that's a good one. Oof. Um, I can confirm that uh, 1989 Stanley Cup champion Colin Patterson's in studio. We'll talk to him coming up at the top of the hour. Right beside me. We even locked eyes. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah. Um, are you a uh, are you a big McRib guy? A McRib? Yeah. Are you uh, like when something comes back fast food wise, you're like, oh, the McRib's back. I got to go eat that thing. That I don't know really if I've contains ever, no McRib. I don't know if I've ever had a McRib. Really? It always freaked me out the fact that like there would be a bone in your sandwich, and then I realized that the ribs don't have bones, and no, I was like, just, but but that's the but the, it but, the, the but that's the rib part is the bone. Yeah, and then I was out, and then I was out. I've also never had a fillet of fish. No thanks. No, I'm yeah. good. Um, but some people get really excited about McRibs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, I've even had true. McRibs. It's like Shamrock where, Shake. Yeah, that's right. That one I'll get behind. Uh, available around uh, St. Patty's Day yeah. uh, for McDonald's. Uh, the McRib uh, is back. Well, there's one thing Applebee's does that they don't do a lot. Applebee's. Applebee's. Uh, I think we've all been to an Applebee's. No. We only have one, I think. I really? Think maybe mm. once. Yeah, um, they deep fry everything. Uh, even your plate gets deep fried before they bring it to you. Oh, wow. But Applebee's can be tasty. But you know what Applebee's does? What? Deep fry everything? No. Including your plate? They have a, uh, a promotion on right now. What? That a lot of people like to partake in. Okay. Dollaritas. Oh, God. Where you can drink dollar margaritas at Applebee's. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Um, in the States. In what? the States. Yeah. Do- maybe that's worth the trip to Montana. Dollaritas. To drink dollar margaritas. Great falls Applebee's. At <laughs> Applebee's. Um, you guys clearly knew this was happening last week. Uh, there was an earthquake in the Bay Area. 3.7 on the old Richter scale. Oh, that's, oh. that barely moves anything. Barely moves. They as don't soon even as know. I Google Dollarita, this man has come up very first. Mustache uh, guy. Man, <laughs> no, we're going um, here. Um, our man, um, KTVU in Bay Area News Station, uh, they interviewed somebody who was at an Applebee's mm. uh, during the earthquake. <laughs> our man, Steve. Steve. And uh, Steve was out at Applebee's partaking in some Dollaritas. 
You just oh uh, well, I was just slamming some dollaritas <laughs> up at the Applebee's oh, and boy. Uh, my friends, and it was a bit, it was a big shake. It was only like yeah, probably a couple seconds, but it was really everyone like stopped talking. Yeah, it yeah. was it was heavy. It was a big one. Is there yeah. anything? Is there anything better than old Steve <laughs> there slamming? Dollaritas with his boys. Everyone uh, kind of. Well, I was just slamming some Dollaritas up at the Applebee's. <laughs> the uh, S apostrophe Dollaritas is very good. Dollaritas. Yeah. Oh uh, well, I was just slamming some Dollaritas up at the Applebee's. And I was like, oh, I just felt the tremor. Yeah, I was a little shake, and everyone stopped talking for a moment. They were right back to Dollaritas. Is there anything else you would do with Dollaritas and slam them? Oh, uh, uh, well, I was just slamming some Dollaritas up the Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> just hanging with the crew up at yeah. the Applebee's, crushing some Dollaritas. Yeah, at the end of the interview, uh, Steve flashed a peace sign and shouted, The Dollaritas back! <laughs> he was very excited about the Dollarita. <laughs> this is almost... Oh, uh, well, I was just slamming some Dollaritas. Yeah. This guy needs an endorsement deal. He does. Dollarita Steve. But Sonoritas are back. But but tell me, like, when you hear of a place, a restaurant that's giving away like dollar drinks, can you even do that in Alberta? Is no, that even like? I don't know if you're legally allowed to do. Yeah, that. like, can it you even legally like, do that? But it feels like you have to charge like at least a limited amount. Like, just think about that. You go to Applebee's, you bring a twenty with you, and you're st- <laughs> and you're stumbling out of there. Yeah, you've got you bring 20. A twenty. You're in trouble. Twenty. Yeah. Dollaritas. Listen, you can drink 15 and even leave a $5 tip. Yeah, and you're fine. stumbling out of King the, of the world. 33%. Look yeah, at you. Dollaritas. My Keep God. them coming the there. Dollaritas. Keep them rolling. Yeah, no problem. Oh, uh, well, I was just slamming some Dollaritas. Yeah. Well, I wonder. Do you think they just Steve. have normal flavors or just straight lime? Because uh, 15, straight lime. 15 straight lime margaritas, your boy's going to be puckered up. Puckered up. <laughs> um, Colin Patterson's a Stanley Cup champion for the 89 Flames. Puckered up, buckled up. Yep. Yep. Right uh, in the bag. We'll talk to him next about the Calgary Flames. He's also doing uh, some charity work mm-hmm. in, uh, as an event coming up that he's going to tell us about. And we'll play Impossible Flames trivia at 8.30. I wish we could slam some dollaritas right now, but we can't. Why not? Um, no. Why it's, not? It's also 7.53. Uh, it's uh, the big show. The time. Uh. Uh, Russick and Rose. There's no Applebee's in Calgary? Russick and Rose. There's one. Oh okay. Yeah. Do they have? They don't have. They don't have the dollar. I wish. Um, Sportsnet. (laughs) What's the point? Sportsnet nine sixty. The fan. Ah well, I was just slamming some dollaritas up at the Applebee's.